I want everybody to do something right now. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I don't care who you are. Just raise your hand. Okay? Look around. Keep your hands raised. Look around. Everybody that she has their hands raised is a hypocrite. Okay? <laughs> Will we all admit that? Do you know what a hypocrite is? Someone who says there's something that they're not. It actually comes from a Greek word that uh, talked about an actor on a stage that they put a, a mask on their face to hide behind it because we want people to think that we're something that we aren't. And so often what we do is we have this problem and, we're, and people call us hypocrites. It's kind of like a, the lady, I don't know if you heard the story about the lady in the airport who uh, had, was waiting on her plane. She was sitting there in the section. Uh, she'd gone by the gift shop. She bought a bag of chocolate chip cookies uh, she, she had a good book, and she was sitting there reading her book, and, she, and she, uh, as she was sitting there, she looked down and realized that her cookies were sitting in the chair next to her. And there was a guy that came over and sat next to that chair on the other side of the cookies, and, and she noticed something uh, very strange because she opened a bag of cookies, and she took out the first cookie, and then he decided he reached over and took a cookie. And she thought, how rude of him. And since she would take another cookie out, and right after that, he would take another cookie out. And they kept going back and forth, and she kept getting madder and madder and getting hotter and hotter about the whole thing and thinking about how rude of somebody to do something like that. And finally it came down, and he pulled out one cookie, and it was the very last cookie in the bag, and he broke it in two and handed half, into, half to her. And she says, uh, have a good day, ma'am. And he gets up and walks off. About that time, they call her plane. Um, she looks over into her, uh, her satchel with all the stuff in it and realizes that her bag of cookies is still in her bag. You know, sometimes we don't have all the facts when we judge people, when we make decisions about people. Sometimes we call people hypocrites because uh, of not knowing all the facts. We have this today. We're talking about uh, the fourth week in the series on relationship principles of Jesus. And Jesus has told us several things. He said, uh, the first week we talked about there's nothing more important than relationships. Jesus says that. Uh, the second week we talked about, Dan talked about this whole thing of the importance of loving like Jesus loved us. That the standard of our love should be the same standard that Jesus used to love us. And then last week we talked about the issue of the heart and how it affects the, what we say. That we say so often uh, that we say, uh, that the, what the words that come out of our mouth are really things uh, that, that really say something about the condition of our heart. And so we need to judge our heart and, and actually uh, deal with our heart before we start saying words. Today we're going to be talking about this whole thing of judging people, though, that we judge. We judge people all the time. Anytime you have an opinion about someone else, you're in a sense judging. Right now, some of you are sitting here judging me. Because you're thinking about, well, I don't know if I'm going to like this sermon or not. Or whatever, you know, you're just kind of like, and so you know you're doing that. We do it anytime somebody says something, we have kind of an opinion about it. And all of us have these, these experiences in life, uh, our experiences with being judged and judging others. And so often we have some bad experiences when we were growing up because we were judged in a certain way, and, and because of that it causes pain, or sometimes we have other issues. And so as we grow up, and we remember a verse in Scripture somewhere, and we take it out of context, and it says this, and we're going to look at that in Matthew 7, 1 today. It says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. But the issue there is this, is that we don't want to be judgmental. And so because of that, so often we simply do not confront people. We think this verse in and of itself means that we never deal with the issues in people's lives. So we talk to everybody else about it. You know, it would be judgmental of me to talk to you about it, but so I'll talk to somebody else about it. Or in the church, we just make it a prayer request. You know what I'm talking about? 
Now, some of you have got nervous laughter right now. Okay, because instead of talking and dealing with somebody else and, and, and judging somebody else and being confrontational with them about something, we just simply talk to somebody else because it would be judgmental. It would be judging if I talked to you about it. And there's a lot of confusion about what it means to judge and how to do it effectively because when we read that verse, uh, so many people just take it out of, out of con- uh, context. And because so many of us have had issues in our life with being judged or judging others, uh, we don't always deal with it in the right way. Now, Jesus talked about this dynamic uh, here in Matthew chapter 7. And if you have your Bibles this morning, you might want to turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at the first five verses there. I could have used any number. I thought about it after I started studying this. Not only does the Bible talk about judging here, I could have a whole series about judging. It's tons of stuff in Scripture about judging other people. Tons of stuff. And maybe someday I'll do a whole series on this on this whole thing. But today we want to talk about this relationship principle that Jesus says. Because if we don't get it right about what he's talking about here, and at the end of this, as we read this today, he actually says, he calls us hypocrites. Jesus calls us a hypocrite. If we don't judge in the right way, he says, this is the way you need to do it. If we don't get this right, it's going to cause all kind of relational chaos. And the purpose of this series is to help us to understand how in in the world can we have better relationships. And the person to go to is Jesus Christ himself. So when it says in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 1, it says, Do not judge. Just kind of a blank statement, and we could stop there and talk about that for a while. What does that mean? But then it says this, Or you too will be judged. And it says, it doesn't really tell us by whom. Are we going to be judged by God? Are we going to be judged by other people? It really doesn't say. But it makes this blanket statement. Jesus often would make statements that were shocking to people and kind of leave them hanging out there for a little while, percolating, so people would think about them and then begin to tell about what it really meant. And I mean, like one time he said something like, you know, it's, it's tough for a person who's rich to get, get, get to heaven. And he kind of left it hanging for a while. Then he told what it meant. And, and, and in this sense, he kind of leaves this statement here, do not judge or you too will be judged. But in verse 2, he tells us what he wants us to know, and he says this, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. But what we do is when we hear that, we say, Oh, it means we shouldn't judge, but, but I'm the one that's right. That means she's the one that's messed up. Or he's the one that's messed up. I mean, I'm the one that's right. And, and the Bible says this, and I mean, and, and they're guilty of four thou shalt not. So, I mean, don't I have the right to judge? Now, now, Jesus' point is not to never form an opinion about someone else. Jesus' point is not that there is no one that has any problems that need to be addressed. That is not the point, and I'm going to say that 15 times today. That is not the point. But there is a point here that Jesus is making about the process of how we deal with people in relationship. When he says, for in the same way you judge others, you too will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. This is Jesus' way of implying to us that we need to apply the golden rule to our judgment. That That I want you to judge others Jesus says, the way you would like to be judged. I want you to think about that. As you think about judging, having an opinion, dealing with others, I want you to judge others the way you would like to be judged, the way you would like God to judge you. If you knew that whatever you said to somebody else, the judgment you made was coming back to you, how would you deal with that? 
I mean, I know. Let me, let me just give you an illustration. I know how I want God to judge me. Let me it, may, it may be helpful for you this morning to know that. I know that how I want God to judge me is that I want him to take everything in my life when he judges me under consideration. Everything. I mean, he, I want him to take into consideration that when I was, you know, when I was a young kid, I was a skinny, you know, kind of tall, geeky kid. Now I'm so studly, but it didn't really matter. But the issue was is that, you know, I was that way. And because of that, I had low self-esteem. And because of my low self-esteem, it caused me to, to lash out in certain ways. And, be, and, and I had all these problems, you know, when I was growing up, I was afraid to ask a girl out. And because of that, I had this, uh, you know, it was all these different issues, you know, I had. And I want him to take into consideration any time I mess up, I want him to judge me taking into consideration all all of those things because I know that if I talk long enough and tell my sad sad story that eventually Jesus is going to come and he put it put his arm around him and he's going to say poor Bill no wonder he's such an idiot I mean, he didn't have a chance, and, and Jesus will have a Kleenex, and, you know, he'll be just so moved by all the stuff in my life, and, and, and then he'll look to God and say, we don't need to judge this boy. He has so many things to overcome. It's a, in fact, it's amazing that he's turned out as well as he has. Welcome into the kingdom of God. You know, that's what I want to be judged like. Isn't that the way you want to be judged? That God takes into consideration every reason, every potential thing that would happen in your life. That is the way we all want to be judged. I want a lot of slack when God judges me. And in the same way, when people judge me, I want them to judge me like, like they know that, that, that I'm really maybe screwed up in some area of my life. And, and I want them to probably say to, to themselves, there's probably some things that I don't know about. Uh, there's another side of the story. Let's not be too hard on him. That's how I want to be judged. Is that not the way you want to be judged when people judge you? Jesus is saying, I want you to apply the golden rule to judgment. I want you to judge others the way you would want to be judged. So God says, well, that's fair. And God says, I know everything about you. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, while you can fool other people, I know everything there is about you. And because he knows everything, I want you to understand something. When you get so bit out of shape with someone else just because they do something that ticks you off and makes you, you know, want to judge them and to do something, I want you to think first about how you would like to be judged. All right, so judge others the way you want to be judged. And then he makes it even clearer in verse 3. He says this. So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? He asked this question, why do you even care about the issues that are in other people's lives? I mean, what's the big deal that they have a problem? What's in it that makes you constantly want to form an opinion when somebody does something? What's the deal inside of you that's causing you to even want to form an opinion? And then he says this, he says, why do you want to look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And our response to that is, what plank? What plank? I mean, you know, I'm righteous. I'm pure. I'm all these things. I'm so insightful. I see things that no one else sees. And because of that, you know, I have the right to do that. Now, the transformational thought today that, that Jesus is trying to teach us, the relational principle that he's trying to teach us in all of this, 
is what's insinuated and talked about in the next few verses, but I just want to say it up front. Jesus is saying to us is that when I see something in you that bothers me, I need you to look in the mirror first before you look at me. Let me say that again. The principle that Jesus is saying relationally here, if you want to improve your relationships, that when I see something in you that bothers me, before, before I approach you or look at you, I need to look in the mirror myself and ask, what is it, what is it that bothers me? When I see something in you that causes me to go down the road of judging you, as soon as I feel that there should be some kind of a trigger, a response in me that says, huh, I wonder what God wants me to deal with in my life. I mean, that's what it says. It says clearly, when you, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Before we can be effective in dealing with people, be effective in this, we need to deal with our own sin in our own life is the principle that's here. And then he kind of finishes this here as well. He says this, he says in verse 4, How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is this plank in your own eye? I mean, how can we do that? If your response is, now wait a minute, I don't have a plank in my eye. When your self-righteousness rises up, what you see in them is probably reflection of you, reflection of me. And in that moment, Jesus is saying, I want you to pause. Put it on pause for a moment. And I want you to think about yourself. Now, some of you this morning, I know what you're thinking. You're going like, now, pastor, you're getting kind of riled up, you know. That's a, I don't know if that's a southern word or not, but we use it a lot, riled up. Get, get on puffy. When you hear me say that, if there's, it's, it's something like that kind of rises up in you and you say, all right, preacher, if the whole point of this message is that we're supposed to ignore all the bad in the world and all the sin and all the injustice and simply say that it is all my fault and then forget it, I want you to let you know that is not what we're talking about this morning. That is not what Scripture is saying. He's saying, Jesus is saying that our first response, our first response before anything else, before we start judging others, before we start throwing out opinions, before we start dealing with anything, is that when I see something in you that causes me to respond, it is not to go after the speck in the other person's eye, in your eye, but to immediately turn and look in the mirror and say what it is about them and their issue that is reflected somehow in my life. If that could become our first response to the sin we see in other people, we would be better off and they would be better off in our relationships. Because Jesus says something in the very next verse that is very, 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 very strong. He says if we don't do it that way, if we don't first deal with the plank in our own eye before we deal with the speck in someone else's eye, if we decide to be judgmental first, you know what he calls us in verse 5? He says, you hypocrite. I, mean, I got you all raised your hands earlier so you could just go ahead and be a part of the scripture here because all of us are part of it because so often we don't do it the right way. Let's just be honest. He says, you hypocrite. 
And, and in the context of this verse here and what it's saying to us, a hypocrite is a person that judges someone else without first looking in the mirror, a person that recognizes something that needs to be addressed. And Jesus is not saying that I'm denying that there is a problem there, a speck there, something needs to be done. He's not denying that. He's saying that if we do that first and if you're too self-righteous to do that, you are a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite. Now, let me, let me just take a side note here and say something that's very important for us to understand. And I think you'll agree with this. Isn't it true that much of our culture has written off the church as a bunch of hypocrites? Yeah. The number, number one indictment of people outside the church is that the church is just a bunch of hypocrites. You see, it's not that culture hasn't recognized the speck in their own eye. I mean, most people are aware of their sin. They feel guilt about it from time to time. They just don't deal with it. It's that, that they're, but the problem is, is that they have seen an unwillingness on our part as the church, as Christians, to deal with the plank in our own eye first. And we justify our position by saying, well, God doesn't approve of that kind of behavior. It's in here. And guess what? You are exactly right. God doesn't approve of certain types of behavior that we condemn the world about. But the problem is, but because we don't first look in the mirror, we lose our leverage with people who need to be addressed. That can happen in culture. It happens between fathers and sons. It happens between mothers and daughters. It happens between husbands and wives. It happens between bosses and employees. It happens in neighborhood associations. It happens everywhere. That Christians lose their leverage because we first do not deal with and, and, and admit our own miscomings, our own failures, our own sin. And then, he says, then we can deal with the sin in other people's lives. You know, all of us have issues. Let's just be honest. All of us. I am raising my hand. I have issues. Okay? If you think pastors don't have issues, then you don't know anything about pastors. You've been reading a lot about them in the mail, you know, priests, pastors, you know. I'm hoping I'm not have some of the issues some of them have. But the issues is that temptations, you have temptations that you cannot overcome without Christ's help. You have insecurities and fears, but simply coming at me and telling me that what's in, what's in my eye and pointing it out when I see things, that people see things in me that's equally as bad doesn't help that person. It simply drives them away. And that's what we see in culture. People won't listen to us because... They realize that we lack the same self-awareness that we accuse them of lacking. You know, it's like people will say to me, spouses, children, brothers, sisters, will say things like, you're no better than me. Why should I listen to you, dad? Why should I listen to you, mom? Why should I listen to you, honey? Yeah. I mean, you're trying to judge me, and you just don't, don't even see what's going on with you. You know, people are saying to us, I'm not saying that I don't have a speck in my eye, but have you looked in the mirror lately? Jesus says there's a solution for that. He says, so you hypocrite, and he says, first, first, you know, when you say first, what does it mean? There's going to be a 
Second, great, you guys are sharp this morning. Okay, first it says, first, if you, this is the process. If you want to have a relational process where it helps people and you want to help deal with the sin in their life, it says it's first, take the plank out of your own eye. First, deal with the fact that there's some things that rise up in me. When my child does something, there's certain things, you know, there's certain things, you know, if you have children, there's certain kids that, you know, they'll just do something that just irritates the fool out of you, right? Never. But sometimes it's because maybe there's something in you you need to admit. I'm trying to deal with this. I'm trying to, as a parent, trying to learn this. As a husband, as a boss, I'm constantly learning this thing about how to examine the plank in my own eye. Ask the question. Anytime I'm upset about something, is there something there I need to kind of deal with first before I get to dealing with the issue? And the other person. When something about you irritates me, chances are I have an issue. Now, that doesn't take away the fact that somebody needs to talk to you, but it's me first. He says, me first. Deal with me first. That's the process Jesus is saying here. And you'll say, well, and I'll say to you, so you really care about the speck? Yeah, I care about the speck. And someone else's eye. You think it needs to be addressed? Yeah, I don't think it needs to be addressed. Something needs to be done. Jesus says, what should we do first? First, should we call them? No. Should we write them a letter? No. Should we show up at their front door? No. Should we gossip about them? Maybe that's the best way to deal, deal with this problem. No. Okay, what's first? Jesus says, first, look in the mirror. First, look in the mirror. Ask yourself the question, what is the problem? What's got me so riled up? What's the issue in someone else's life? And before I deal with that, I need to deal with it in my own life too. Because Jesus is simply saying in this, if we're going to deal relationally with people and help them, because we are to be speck removers to help people in this, along the way. He's not saying we just simply ignore people and push them aside. He's saying we need to deal with it. But he's saying this, first I've got to get you prepared to help them. What Jesus is teaching us, our first line of response, dads, our first line of response, wives, our first line of response, husbands, is when I see something in them and the other person that needs to be addressed, I first look in the mirror and ask God, what do I see in them that you see in me? But pastor, if you can only see what's going on, you would understand. I'm just telling you what Jesus said, okay? It's, it's right here. It's clear. Number one, take the plank out of your own eye first. And then he says this, and then, and then, step two, then you will see clearly, I underlined clearly, to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Aha, so there is something wrong with them. That's our first response sometimes. Jesus is saying, I'm not saying that there's not sin that needs to be addressed. I'm not saying that there is not a problem. I'm not saying that they're okay. What I'm, Jesus is saying is, I'm just as concerned as you are about people. I just want you to be prepared to have a conversation that, that doesn't push them further into their bad behavior. Because if you're not prepared, you could do that in a relationship. Some of us, because of the way we judge, the way we deal with sin in other people's lives, we can push people away. We don't speak the truth sometimes in love. We do it in some other less effective way. 
And Jesus says the only way that we can deal effectively with people is to first remove the log or this plank. Some translation says log, some says plank from our own eye. And then dads, moms, husbands, bosses, you can see clearly enough to actually do the person some good. That's what he's saying here. As I was thinking about this whole thing of Scripture and about what it says to us and trying to wrap the whole thing together, I thought about this, this fact, this fact here. The fact that, that I've come to terms with my own sin makes me a perfect candidate to talk to somebody else about their sin. The fact that I've come to terms with my own sin makes me a perfect candidate to talk to someone else about their sin. See, when I'm tempted to pass judgment on you, I must stop and see if there's a trace of the same thing in me. I need to pay attention to the specific emotion that it elicits in me and ask myself, why do I have that emotion? Why do I have this emotion, this emotion of ang- being angry? Why do I have this emotion of jealousy? Why do I have this emotion of, of just bitter, whatever it is, fear? And deal with the sin in my own life before I can deal with it effectively in someone else. Now, I can't quit today by, by saying one other thing, and that is this. For those of you who are being judged by others, and you're pushing back, you're saying, don't judge me. Didn't the Bible say that? Don't judge? They haven't read all the Scripture. If you're saying that and you're pushing back, I just want you to think for a moment. Finally, perhaps one of the people who wrote you a letter about something in your life one of those people who want to have lunch with you, who have tried to have a conversation with you, perhaps they are not coming to judge you. Perhaps they have dealt with a sin in their own life, and they, and they are coming because they have been exactly where you are, and they know exactly where you're going. And they love you too much to leave you alone. And if you keep pushing them away, you will never learn because you will not listen. See, there is an effective way of doing this judgment thing. It's not that we never judge, but we've got to do it the right way. We never judge by other people. We don't know other people's motives. First, we have to examine our own. God may have sent somebody to help you to deal with your sin, and one of the worst things you could possibly do is to push them away when they confront you. So don't just say, hey, don't deal with me. God wants us to, be, to help each other. But he says, first, look in the mirror. Deal with your own sin. Then you can be an effective person who helps others with the sin in their life. The Bible does say that we are supposed to help get the speck of dust out of another's eyes, but only after we have prepared ourselves by looking in the mirror. So, you want to quit being called a hypocrite? Easy solution. Deal with your, the way you deal with people God's way. First deal with yourself, and then be effective in dealing with others. It works in that order. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.